As anyone with a kid knows, your relationship with food changes as they get older. As a baby, it's all about breastfeeding and precisely dosed bottles of milk and formula. Then solid food comes into play, and suddenly food becomes a thing you have to think about a lot. As a self-certified meal skipper, this is a problem, especially when you're forced to confront the fickle, gaping maw of a toddler, and with it, the knowledge that someday that cute smile will be a portal to a bottomless pit that we're responsible for filling. And without an unlimited takeout budget or a private chef on the payroll, that means somebody has got to cook, dang near every day. Which was fine. My mom was great about teaching me to make things growing up. We had fun eating out, trying new flavors, and then recreating things at home. Thanks, mom. But I quickly found out that even though I could make a dinner, I didn't really know how to be a chef. I'm talking about cooking every day, multiple dishes, a full repertoire, the ability to make up recipes that were repeatable and scalable, and that meant cooking felt hard and like a chore. It wasn't fun, and that needed to change. So, sometime a couple winters ago, my wife and I started to watch cooking shows. Molly Yeh's Girl Meets Farm became a favorite. So was the Chef Show with John Favreau and Roy Choi, and Magnolia Table with Joanna Gaines. And that's when it started to click. I figured out why cooking felt so hard, and what to do about it. As we got deep into both shows, I started to see the parallels between what chefs do and a lot of my other creative pursuits, like fixing up our house. Playing the piano and copywriting, just like in those things, cooking has all sorts of frameworks and tools that make things easy, repeatable, and scalable. So, if I wanted to be more like a chef, I needed to figure out what those things were. And so, just like when I was learning how to replace our toilet on YouTube, I started to really pay attention to the things I kept seeing come up over and over again with different chefs on different shows, like using a kitchen scale to measure instead of scoops for accuracy and easy cleanup, and a cast iron skillet for making a good sear or the perfect grilled cheese, and a Dutch oven for crusty bread at home. And just like copywriting has attention, interest, desire, action to write a good sales letter, and piano has the pentatonic scale and the number system to create melodies that just work. Bread baking's got baker's percentages to scale recipes up and down and to help you make your own bread from scratch. And once again, I was reminded that cooking, this thing that I didn't know how to do yet, it wasn't magic. It's just a framework I didn't know yet. So we got to work on the basics of cooking. We started to learn how to use the cast iron skillet and the Dutch oven we'd bought three years earlier, but didn't use because we were—and I wish I was kidding—afraid to clean. And we started to learn baker's percentages and the secret to how chefs just know a bread recipe. It's hydration percentage, by the way, and、uh, 78% is my favorite for a crusty country loaf. Or. How a sauce can be that final layer of polish that makes an ordinary grilled cheese memorable, like a piece of trim around your window, or paying attention to the undertones in a paint color. And mastering those frameworks gave us a reason to use our cookbooks, 
we started to pick recipes to try from different cookbooks like Magnolia Table by Joanna Gaines, Half-Baked Harvest by Tegan Gerard, and The Minimalist Kitchen by Melissa Coleman. We even started to keep a notebook of the recipes we've made our own. And now, we're definitely not chefs. No way. But we're better. And so are our meals. Just like with my journeys with photography and fixing up the house, with a knowledge of the fundamentals, practice, and a reason to get better, we've built a base of skills that let us work with what's in our fridge to more often than not create something special. Most days, anyway. We still like a solid PB&J. All right. So what's next? What can you take away from our experience learning to cook? Well, in the future, I'll share more about what we've learned, like frameworks, our favorite tools and recipes, right here on the podcast and in my newsletter. You've signed up for that, right? DadAlwaysToldMe.com slash newsletter. Plug, plug. But today, your action item is simple. Just go watch a couple cooking shows this week. But don't just pay attention to the food. Pay attention to the tools you see them using, the methods. See if you notice anything you consistently see in chef's kitchens. Because those are all tools and techniques that make your life in the kitchen easier. Of course, just like with my one finger method in the last episode, chefs are masters at knowing how to improvise and be good enough to. A good chef can make do with pretty much any tool you give them. Once you learn the frameworks, that's when the real improvising starts. But unlike building a garden, the kitchen is not a one-time project. So anything you can add that gets used a lot is worthwhile in my book. Like the little metal stick with the blue plastic top you see in a pocket on chef's sleeves all the time. That's a cake tester. It replaces a toothpick and can be used for everything from checking meat to letting you know that your banana bread is done. It's just a few bucks, and now we keep one in our knife block. Maybe you should too. So that's the episode. Thanks for listening to Dad Always Told Me. I'm your host, Josh Haraldson, and remember, don't quit, make it easy.